Thank you, Jesus. We are so grateful to God for this wonderful day that he has given unto us. And I'm happy that my brother, Reverend Pastor Diego is here. <laughs> yes. So this house is our own. And we love him. Hallelujah. I want us to project Romans chapter 8. We'll be reading uh, verse 1 to 17. So project it, we'll all read as part of our public reading. So we'll be upstanding as we read. We'll be upstanding as we read. Please, if you can, if you can stand, if you don't have any disturbing your knees or your legs then you can let's, let's go therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because through Christ Jesus the law of the spirit who gives life has set us free from the law of sin and of death for what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh. In order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us, who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Those who live according to the flesh have their mindset on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the spirit have their mindset on what the spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. Those who are in the realms of the flesh cannot please God. Let's go. You, however, are not in the realms of the flesh, but are in the realms of the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation that it is not to the flesh, but to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. 
The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testified with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heads, heads of God, co-heads with Christ, which indeed we share in his suffering in order that we may also share in his glory. Oh, if you are happy to read this, clap your hand to Jesus. Let's be seated. I believe strongly God has gathered his children at his feet because we are born of the Spirit. And today, I'm not going to give a particular topic to the message that I'm going to give because it's a long thing. But then I will do it short, 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 short as we go along. Hallelujah. There has been so many arguments concerning the indwelling spirit that brings about our born again as Christians, our adoption, and also baptism of the Holy Spirit and the infilling. There has been so many confusion. And last, I was just listening to the radio and I learned some uh, religious body from Nigeria. They have now come to our Sabbath here. And they are arguing strongly, confusing the whole public, that if you are not baptized with the Holy Ghost, then you are not born again. And I would like to say that this is a Pharisee. What I'm going to say will blow your mind. But there is a place of the baptism of the Holy Spirit that are infilling and the true born again experience. And I pray that God will touch our heart, open our minds as we go along. And I believe strongly that by the close of everything, uh, we'll have the cause to give praise to God. Hallelujah. In the first place, I want us to understand that the indwelling spirit is also something we call the earnest spirit. And it's also termed as the seed of the Holy Spirit. And is given by the Father alone through his son, Jesus Christ. And that is gotten when one hears the gospel and he repents. So the result of us receiving that indwelling spirit, though not yet baptized with the Holy Spirit, is by your accepting Christ Jesus as your Lord and personal savior. And you repenting from all your sins. Nicodemus was a religious person. 
He knew all the tricks and all it takes about being a religious person. Yet, he was not yet born again. So you can be a Christian who is not truly born again, yet practicing everything of Christianity. You come here and pray with us. You come here and jump. You come here and dance, sing, do everything, yet you are not born again. Just as Nicodemus. But Nicodemus realized that though he is a Pharisee and a great man in the society, he saw Jesus' ministry and said, no, uh, his ministry is quite different. And his ministry challenges him enough to seek for something better than being religious. So this morning, I don't want you to be too religious. But I pray that we will come to the level that we'll have an encounter with Christ and then be able to say that indeed we are Christians, but not religious. When we talk about religion, religion is rituality. Rituals is a form of rituals, sacrifice, and all it takes. But when we talk about Christianity, Christianity goes beyond religion. Christianity is life inherited from Christ. Hallelujah. That is all Christianity is about. Christianity is not a gymnastics we do here. Christianity is the life of Christ. Therefore, Christianity is what? Is life. Beyond us being Christian, we must seek to possess this life that brings about the born again experience. So Nicodemus went to Jesus and said, the way you do your things, I perceive in my spirit that you are a man sent from God. Then Jesus had interaction with, with him and said, until you are born of water and of the spirit, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Until you accept Christ Jesus and you have repented from your sins, and you have allowed yourself to be baptized with water, you are not yet translated from the kingdom of Satan to the kingdom of God. We have a lot of people here. They desire to fellowship with us, but they don't want to be baptized in Christ. And the baptism we experience in, by water is an indication that you have allowed yourself to be baptized into Christ. Hallelujah. And now you have associated yourself with the kingdom of Christ, no more the kingdom of the world. Hallelujah. And I ask and I pray that the good Lord will help us so that in this room, we will not just be Christians who know how to do the gymnastics, but people who bear the life of Christ. If you are happy of that, say amen. It is we accepting Christ and repenting from our sins that brings about the regeneration experience. And that is something that happens to the soul. Once Jesus was speaking to the disciples in John chapter 6, verse 30, verse 63, and I read the NIV, he said, the spirit gives life, 
The flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of spirit and they are full of life. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of spirit and they are full of life. So whenever we receive the word of God, life is imparted unto us. Whenever we open up to the, to the word of God, the spirit of God is imparted unto us. That is where we have received our adoption as we read in Romans. There is something that goes on spiritually which cannot be described. I quite remember the first time when I received Christ Jesus as my Lord and personal Savior. I knew nobody had to prophesy to me, but instantly I knew that now I have become a new person. Now the old is gone. Everything has become new. I knew it. I was not speaking in tongues, but then I knew it. I knew that I now have a new Lord and a new master. I'm no more under the old law. The old order is gone. Now I have come under a new order, which is Christ Jesus, the one who came, died, and shed his blood to redeem my soul from sin and from the bondage of Satan. And then and then, if you have ever experienced that, you'll find some exceedingly joy within your soul. An undescribable thing happens to your soul that makes you desire to always be under the feet of Christ. Yet we were not baptized with the Holy Spirit. But then that thing happened. So if you are a Christian and you claim to be a Christian and you, don't, you have not yet experienced that, then this day, as you open up your life and your heart to the word of God, that generation spirit, new generation spirit will happen to you. Hallelujah. Because the Bible said that by hearing the word, you have already cleansed. So the word that we hear is like water that cleanses us. Hallelujah. It purifies our soul and now translates us from sin now to righteousness. Our righteousness begins at the time when we accept Christ Jesus truly as our Lord and personal Savior. It's not when you start speaking in tongues. Hello? It's not when you start speaking in tongues. So you need not wait that until I'm baptized or begin to exhibit some uh, things of the Spirit. Then it's then that I was... <laughs> I will accept that I am a true Christian. Hallelujah. So as we are seated here, we have been made righteous by the spirit of the word and by the life in the word. And that life there uh, is what theologians say, Zoe, God kind of life. So what Jesus is trying to say is that the way that I speak to you, they are spirit. They are the spirit that will rebirth you. That will give you that rebirth. But then they are also life. And that life is not ordinary life. 
is not the life that we have received biologically from our parents, but it is a life from heaven. So as you are here, you possess a life, a dual life. You have what you came to inherit by your parents, but now that you have received Christ Jesus, you also have what? That life that comes from what? Heaven. So you are unique. You are unique. You are not an ordinary person. You are a unique person. You have become a new species among, from uh, all the other human race we have. Because by that spirit and by that life, you have been adopted as what? The true child of God. Hallelujah. You are a child of God. Amen. The Bible says that the letter killeth, but the spirit gives life. The spirit gives life. So when we accept Jesus, what happens is that the seed of God is planted in us. And that seed of God is the nature of Christ. Somebody say the nature of Christ. And we don't receive that when we are baptized with Holy Ghost. Eh? The glossolalia. That is not when you receive it. The nature of Christ is received instantly at the time when we what? Give our life to Jesus. Romans, let's read first John chapter 3, verse 9. He says, No one, because you have received the nature of Christ, now you have been set on a path of what? Righteousness. And he said, no one who is born of God will continue to do what? Sin. You've been born anew. You have been born from your new ways. And because of that, you will not continue to sin. He that is born of God will not continue to do what? Sin. You don't go and commit a sin and then come. Weep before God. God, forgive me, forgive me. He has forgiven me. Then you go back to it again. You don't do that. Because you are born of what? God. He that is born of God cannot continue to sin because God's seed remain in them. The reason why you can no longer continue to sin is because God's seed is in you. And the seed that is in you will not permit you to sin unless you become disobedient. So if you are a Christian and you are in the habit of sinning, yet possessing the seed in you, then you are becoming disobedient. But I believe strongly we don't have disobedient children here. Do we have one? If we have disobedient children here, please lift up your hands. Thank God we don't have disobedient children here. We have children who bear the seed of their father. Like father, like son. Like mother, like daughter. So you possess the seed of God the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Because you've now been born from that kind of bed that your parents given you. Has given you that seed. It's no more in you. Last I was talking to somebody, I said, no, 
I don't have any link to my biological family again. And the person don't understand. And I told him, look, my umbilical cord has been cut off long ago. Hello? I now possess a cord from the throne room of grace. So what manate there, that is what I do. Hello? So every Christian must come to this awareness that he has the seed of God in what? In him. And you are the very one. And he said, I will not continue to sin because they have been born of what? God. They have been born of God. Let me see the hand of those who are born of God here. Ah. Yes. You must know that you are born of God. If you don't have that awareness in you, then there is wahala. Yes. Romans chapter 6, verse 1 to 4. Therefore, Paul says, What should we say then? Should we continue in sin so that grace may multiply? As in the case of those who believe in one saved forever saved. He said, Absolutely not. Absolutely what? Not. It means that lie, lie, that can't be. That cannot be. How can we who dead, who died to sin, still live in it? Or are you unaware that all of us who are baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we too may walk in newness of life. So tell your brother or sister, or sister my old I've died to my old long ago and buried. You know, the confidence is not there because you don't believe that you are dead to the old. I want you to tell him or her, I'm dead to my old long ago. And now I possess newness of what? Life. Praise God. Now I possess what? Newness. You possess newness of God. A life that is solely new. You are a brand new person. So nobody can condemn you with your past. For the fact that some time ago I was a weed smoker. Hey, you, even those people that I smoke weed with, now if you see them, they, they call me a sofa. Because they themselves, they know. That's they say, the, the level no change. The level no change for you. Because you are no more a weed smoker. Put yours there. I don't know yours, so I can't mention it. Mine is weed smoking. So those times, when we meet, 
The name they've been giving me, I don't know where they got those, those names. Amerigo. That was my guy's name. Amerigo, yeah. That when the newness that comes from heaven, when that seed was planted in me, those same people don't longer call me Amerigo, but they call me Osofu. Though I was not yet baptized and I was not yet ordained, even as a deacon, that they refer to me as what? Osofu. Because they have seen that your life is changed. So if you are here and you claim to be born again, but yet you associate yourself with the things of the old, then there is a big question mark. You are giving God another work to do on you. I hope I'm not offending anybody. I want us all to go to heaven. That will be my joy. Hello? That will be a big question mark. But I believe in this room. We are all determined to make heaven. And we will possess this nature and live with this life. In Jesus' name. Galatians chapter 3 verse 26 to 27. For you are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. Through the faith that you have confessed, the Bible says we all, we all who believe in Christ Jesus, we have now become children of God. Hallelujah. Children of God. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ, you have put on Christ. You have put on Christ. So if only you believe in Christ Jesus with faith as your Lord and personal Savior, know that even your dress that you wear has changed. Though people might see me wearing suits, but inside I have put on a garment, and that garment is called Christ himself. That's why the Bible said, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now you are putting on Christ. You are putting on what? Christ. So let the character, let that character be seen in you. Romans chapter 13 verse 14. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. Now he is telling us that we must put on. Jesus Christ, and make not, not provision for the flesh to fulfill the last thereof. So because we have put, the Spirit of God has put Christ on us, he is now telling us that we must daily put on what? Christ. We should let the mind that is in Christ Jesus be in us. Every day, every moment as you get up, See to it that you are putting on Christ. And as you put on Christ, he's telling us that uh, automatically you will not yield to the last of the world. That is the difference of a Christian who regularly falls into sin and somebody who keeps his purity and righteousness in the law. He is always putting on Christ. So this room, we have to resolve in our heart, that from today, 
will continue to put on Christ. Hallelujah. And because we are born again, there is an exchange of lordship. Hello? There is an exchange of what? Lordship. There is an exchange of kingdom. There is an exchange of life. There is an exchange of even our, what we inherit. Hello? So Jesus, in trying to let the people understand, he said something. He said that they should put on his yoke. Hello? Previously, we were bearing the yoke of the devil. And Jesus, the Lord Jesus that we've come into, also has yoke. So we must bear the yoke of what? Christ. Matthew chapter 11 verse 29 to 30 says, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For us to be able to maintain our level, our status as children of God, we must daily put on the yoke of what? Christ. And he said, and learn from me. We must always put on the yoke of Christ and daily learn from Christ. For I am gentle and humble in heart. I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your soul. If you want to have rest for your soul, then put on the yoke of Christ. Put on the yoke of Christ. And if you continue, he said, my yoke is light. His yoke is what? Is light. And his yoke is not burdensome. Because it is he the same person who stood and announced, come to me, all ye who are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. So he will not put a yoke that will weigh you down. He will give you a yoke that will make you experience that rest. Hallelujah. But the reason why most Christians are struggling and it's like they are carrying load is that they still desire to be carrying the yoke that was once removed. And they don't want to take the yoke of Christ. And this yoke that we are talking about it's not anything righteous. Righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost. Put on the yoke of Christ. I have pastored in the north and I know how yoke is. Yes. Garutimpani. The, the, the last district capital that you enter into Burkina Faso or Togo North. And mostly when it's time for farming, they will get the donkeys, eh? And sometimes the bull, too. And they will put some stick on their neck and tie it. And there, there is some structure behind. And a small boy will just put the feet on that, that structure, which is like a whole tie. And then be beating the donkeys. Then as he beats them, he directs them. And they are able to plow the land. That is how yoke is. And what I have observed is, wherever that little child directs them, that is where they go. 
you don't see them veering from the path that that little child has path for them. What is your path? If Jesus is the one who is your Lord and you are carrying his yoke, then wherever he directs you, you will go. Because you carry his yoke. There are a lot of Christians. Jesus, God, the Spirit of God is directing them where they should go. But they say, no, me for I have my will. I have my right. You can't determine where I should do. Come to church. You can't control my life. He is having his own yoke. I don't know whether it's from the devil, it's self-imposed yoke. We, I know we have a yoke of Satan, but there could also be self-imposed yoke. But I pray this morning that you bear the yoke of Christ. It is in this, carrying this yoke, that we will have peace for our soul. Our soul needs peace. And that can only be gotten from carrying the yoke. And strangely enough, as Jesus was talking to his disciples, the 12 disciples about all these things, there is one person among them who is not. What is his name? Oh, you, you are scholars, so if right now I tell you, come and preach what I'm preaching, you will preach. He's having 12 disciples and apostles. But one is not saved. Judas is Carrot, my learned friend. Hallelujah. <laughs> Judas is Carrot was among the 12, but not generated. He was not born again. And he met his untimely death because he has refused to put the yoke of Christ on him. That's why what we read in Romans says, he that will live in the flesh shall die. But he that will live by the spirit shall have life and peace. May that peace come upon you. May that peace come upon you. Hallelujah. So we need to be regenerated. If, what is a sign of a born again Christian? One of the signs that we see is that he bears the character of Christ, the nature of Christ, which is in Galatians chapter 5, uh, verse 22 to 26. Uh, he bears that nature. He bears the character of Christ. Secondly, he is also obedient. He obeys the directives of God. Wherever the yoke send him, that is where he will go. And I pray that from today, we will begin to follow him wherever he will lead. Amen. Rome, uh, that is 2 John chapter 1 verse 6. He says, and this is love, that we walk in obedience to his command. So if we are truly born again, and we claim we love God, then we must walk in obedience to what? His commands. And so as you have heard from the beginning, his command, his command is that you walk in love. His command is that you walk in love. We must be obedient to 
his what? Command. And his command is what? We must walk in love. Even God has made it simple to us that we must walk in love. So if you are truly born again, you will love automatically. You will love God and love your neighbor. Let's go on. Let's read uh, something in John. First, the same first John chapter 5, verse 3 to 4. First John chapter 3. Are you there? This one there. I want to read yours. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandment. So if you say you love God, then do what? Keep his commandment. If you said you are truly born by the Spirit, then keep his what? Commandment. For his commandments are not burdensome. His yoke, which is his command, is not what? Burdensome. Oh. You see, men could be a one When so Hello. The Bible tells you, don't go and drink. Don't go and drink. Push me. And what? Nigerians call it kakai. Okay. Don't go and drink it. Is it too difficult? Is it difficult? Oh, the word of God said, don't fornicate. Don't go and chasing men and women. And that will destroy you. Is that so difficult? Hello? Is it difficult? I want a response. You see, some are not both. Hello? It's not difficult. Just obey. If you love him, then what? Keep my commandment. Don't steal. It doesn't belong to you. So he said, don't go and take it. Is it difficult? Oh, don't be corrupt. Is it difficult? Osafo, is it difficult? It's not difficult. Preside, is it difficult? This is something simple. It's not what? Difficult. Because you love God. And because you love God, you want to keep his commandment. Uh, my friend, is it difficult? Don't envy. Is it difficult? Don't buy bite. Is it difficult? Eh? Don't hate your neighbor. Is it difficult? God's burden is not anything so heavy. But we see it to be something gargantua. We are not able to. Why? We desire to live in the flesh. But today, I want to tell you, according to Romans chapter 8, you don't belong to the flesh. You belong to the spirit. Hallelujah. You belong to the spirit. Because you've been adopted into sonship by the Spirit. And by that, you are able to cry upon the Father. Abba! Father. Hallelujah. Let's read some few quotations, then we end it. We'll continue another time. So that we have time to, some small time to pray. Concerning this, if you read Deuteronomy, you can write it down. Deuteronomy chapter... 6 verse 5, 7 verse 9, 
10, verse 12. 11, verse 1. 19, verse 9. 30, verse 6. 30, verse 16. 30, verse 20. Then when you come to the Gospels, Matthew 22, verse 37. And Mark chapter 12, verse 30. And then Luke chapter 10, verse 27. Because this is so crucial and important to God and to his son and the Holy Spirit, he may mention severally about this than all the commandments. So it means that all the commands... The yoke that God is giving us is enshrined in this. Hello. And I want us to read just two quotations. Then we go. Deuteronomy chapter 30 verse 6. The Lord your God will circumcise your hearts and hearts of your descendant so that you may love him with all your heart and with all your soul and life. So it means that until one is circumcised by the Holy Spirit, until you are born by the Holy Spirit, you cannot love God. True of us. You cannot love God. So this is all the command that God wants us to do. He said he has circumcised our heart. That is a promise given to the Israelites. And thank God it has been fulfilled in our time through his son Jesus. That he will circumcise our heart. So there is circumcision of the heart. Where sins, where the heart is digested, the soul that, uh, what uh, bisected and then the sinful nature is taken off through somewhere and now God puts in another So he was telling the people through Isaiah that I will take that sinful heart from you, that heart of stone, and I will put a fresh what, heart in your spirit. Hallelujah. So that stoning heart has been removed. And now we have inherited the heart from heaven so that we can love God. With all our heart. So where your heart belongs shows the one who gave birth to you. Oh, I've not said it right. If your heart is with the worldly things than that of Christ, it shows that that is where you belong. So to know that I'm born again or I'm not born again eh, is easy. Tell your brother or sister it's easy. It's not difficult. Where your heart is. Even Jesus said it. That is where your treasures are. Isn't it? Hmm? But if indeed our heart is circumcised and we are truly born again, we will now love God with all our heart and with all our soul and we will live for him. Let's read Matthew. Matthew 12. Verse 29 to 31. 
The most important one, Jesus was talking to the people of Israel, the Pharisees, what they must do. Answer Jesus is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Jesus has included the mind. And with all your strength. <laughs> and with all your strength. Some people have the strength of <laughs> doing the other thing. But Jesus said, we must love him with all our what? Strength. What do you give your mind to? What you give your mind to is what rules you. It's what you become Lord to. But if Jesus Christ is your Lord, then he is asking us, let's give our mind, our strength to him. We'll invest our all into the kingdom of God instead of the world. Hallelujah. And he added another one. That make Jesus command the yoke that he has put on us so easy and so loving. Not as they give, the Moses gave to the people of Israel. And said, the second is this. Love your neighbor as your, love your neighbor as yourself. So before I think of doing something to my dear brother, my learned friend, Diewu, then I must think twice. If that same thing is done to me, will it be pleasing? This should be in your conscious mind. If you want people to stop thinking evil about you, then stop thinking evil about people. Have a clear and a genuine heart. Jesus says something. Give. And it shall be given unto you. A full measure. Though sometimes when we preach, we relate it to what? Kashito. But it's more than cash. Whatever you give to your brother. You reap what you do what? So. And whoever... One called Dia a bro Abam Yenu or Assassin. Now Bronini Yenu or Cobu Bro, Nadia or Dia Eno Eno Yai. In the Assassin is case. Into whatever you sow to your brother, know that you have multiple. 
in millions and thousands. So love your brother as yourself. May the good Lord help us. May he bring all of us to this awareness to desire that we will be truly born again, born by the Spirit so that we can make heaven. May the God of Abraham, your God and my God, be with us. In Jesus' name, amen.